Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Tome Travelers. This is episode three, and before we get started, we have a major spoiler warning for the entirety of the Blade itself. In this episode, we are going to be discussing the entire book, so if you have not read all of it, please stop right now and avoid the spoilers. But before we get into those spoilers, we have a fantasy question. Whitson, what is our fantasy question? Today, we're going to reveal our favorite magic systems. Ooh. Okay. Who's taking what the first? What is your numero uno, number one magic system? I can take it. I can take yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got yeah, mine go ready. First. You go first. Okay. Sympathy from the name of the wind. All-time really favorite. Yeah. It's so, really so grounded. I mean, it's completely fantastical, but it's so grounded in... in uh, it just feels real. It just feels real. Like, if you could do the things that the characters in the book could do, then you could imagine that they would work. It, 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 that that won't make sense to you if you haven't read the books, but it's there. It, it just feels real. What about you, MD? Okay, so mine is Stormlight. Oh, okay. From Stormlight okay. Archive. And uh-huh. my reasoning for it is because I have never been, like, literally transported to another realm like I was when I read the prologue of the way of Kings and saw Seth w- doing, you know, the powers that he was doing then. And I was just like, what is this? This is amazing. Like when he f- spoilers flip gravity, it's like, I literally saw it. And like, it was like a movie in my mind and I've just never experienced a magic system readability like that, if that makes sense. So that's my answer. Stormlight. That's a solid choice too. Definitely does give you like uh I don't know, you get like hyped really easy oh, in yeah. that book. Oh books. for sure. So uh <clears throat> I I'm kinda gonna mine kinda goes along with Whitson's as far as like seeming real, but uh I picked uh Alchemy from Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Um deconstructing and then reconstructing matter. Like I just I don't know, I really think that is just because there's so many different ways they use it, and it's just I don't know. It's a really cool system to have. Yeah, I love those magic systems that that just make sense, and then the characters are creative within all their rules. Yeah, they find new ways to use you know just normal everyday shit or whatever. Yeah, yeah, they're just meta gaming the magic. You know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, if you guys have a fantasy question that you want us to answer on the podcast, go ahead and leave a comment down in the YouTube comments below, um, and hopefully we'll try and grab someone's comment and feature it on the next podcast. Uh, But without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into episode three of The Tome Travelers. Okay, so for uh, this episode, we're going to talk about all of the book, kind of, of The Blade itself, but more so we're going to focus on part two, because that's kind of where we stopped with the other uh, episodes. So I'm going to give a brief synopsis of everything that transpired. So uh, first off, we meet Pharaoh, uh, who is an escaped slave on the run. She meets up with Yolwei, who is also another Magi, I think. And mm-hmm. he's like, you need to come with me now. And so that happens. Boom, cut back to the council. They meet to determine the fate of the Mercers, who are found guilty of treason, which is really just tax evasion, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah, basically. <laughs> um, but they're guilty anyways. And so political intrigue, it happens. And then 
Giselle over here is at the tournament, and spoiler, he's going to win. Um, Baez shows up with Logan, and Glockta doesn't believe him to be the first Magi, and so Glockta begins to investigate. Fast forward. Did it really Gis- make a big stink? Yeah. Fast forward. Giselle and Artie provide a love story for the saps out there. Then Baez takes Glockta to the house of the maker and uh, unlocks it, proving that he's actually Baez, and he gives Glockta hope that he can rise vertically without stairs, the true enemy of the book. <laughs> uh, fast forward, Logan fights a bunch of practicals to save Pharaoh before they prepare to sail off to the edge of the world, and Glockta basically gets to go be the governor of Dogsma, or what's it? <laughs> Dagoska. 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 Yeah, yep. so, uh, the, um, those are the highlights, at least. <laughs> where yeah, the yeah. Gurkish are preparing to sail for the first time to. Well, yeah, not yeah, the first yeah. Time, he's basically in, like, in force. Yeah, he's basically like, "This is really fucking me," but whatever. <laughs> so, <laughs> the, the what fact did that y'all? It ends with why do I do this? Yeah, <laughs> well, so well he, he said that at the beginning of the book too, didn't yep, he? I think. Yep, yep. Brings it full circle. But so, what did y'all think about part two in general? I think it really brought like the book together for me like i enjoyed part one but like i wasn't like like craving the next book and then part two like added a bunch of shit that made me want to read the next book like the overall quest from the main characters to deal with this kalul and bias fight yeah i definitely Uh, i definitely think part two added a lot more elements to the book that made me enjoy it more but i also think there was a lot of elements to it that were kind of like unnecessary and we'll kind of get into that as we kind of we kind of talk further so so this is one of my favorite parts of of any fantasy book I've ever read or any book that I've ever read Ooh, specifically praise, because yeah that's that's a big yeah, that's some high praise <laughs> yeah yes but there, okay the, and we can argue about this later uh, we we were talking before we started recording about Logan and I know that we we will have qualms with one another about that but that that scene where you finally figure out why he's the the bloody nine and not just nine fingers yeah. is so chilling to me personally. And then you have all these different like stratospheres of conflict where you have Baez and Kalul at the top yeah. and then you have the governments and then you have the the kind of more petty issues of like the officers and like the adventurers to some extent and it it's just it just feels so real which you know like i was saying earlier is, is something that i really love in fantasy like it has fantastical elements like the house of the maker or bias using magic the eaters but so much of it is like grounded in the characters and their struggles yeah, I mean, it, it It was definitely, definitely, like, really good, um, but I don't I like know. That, I, I think my well, biggest deal is, like, I like that it added a main quest for, like, yeah. it, it told us what the main quest is. That's what be. my biggest kind of issue was, like, with it so far as, like, I don't know what the main quest is. Is it for, like, Logan it, to, like, get revenge on those, you know, things that attacked him at the beginning of the book, or... You know what? What exactly is going on here? And I feel like at the end of the book, finally, we got a di- like we got a direction that we're heading yeah. further on in the trilogy. Yes. So that's yeah. what yeah. makes that, me that excited is, for the that, for the next books. That yeah. is a really valid what, critique. Like the yeah. plot, it, the plot is so slow in the first book. Yeah, it's almost like the entire first book is just the exposition for the rest of the trilogy. 
Right, but I think so. the characters are so good that it's. I I will like, agree. You're I, yeah, all the characters right. are yeah. good. I'm a hundred percent agree with with MD though. Like that was like my biggest. In part one was like, like I enjoyed the exposition, I enjoyed the characters, but it was like, well, are we fighting the south? Are we fighting the north? Like, what's going on? What's Baez is playing? Like, it just it didn't really. It didn't answer any questions, but it also didn't give me any information to like infer like what was going to happen as far as the main quest. And then, like I said, part two and added that, that extra like. What'd you say about part two? Uh, part two just added like all that extra. Uh, <laughs> he cut out again. Oh, I'm cutting out. Well, y'all just go. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, so when we get into our ratings later, I, I have, I do also have complaints about the book as a whole, but I think part two is where things start to really roll downhill and you, you really get clued into the world. Um, and it like starts swapping from exposition mode to like, you know, rising action kind of. Uh, so yeah, part two specifically, I, I just love. Yeah. But okay, so how how did we feel about the newest addition to the to the gang? How did you guys feel about Pharaoh? Pharaoh. Pharaoh. Okay, I loved Pharaoh's entrance scene. Maybe it's because I came off of the high of the end of part one, and I was still excited to like go in, and then like we're introduced to Pharaoh, and I was like oh, she's kind of ep, like, she's kind of dope. You know, she's literally, like, taking out fools left and right or whatever, and Yolwe shows up. And when Yolwe shows up, it was like he has chains, Um, but he, she said it looked like he was gliding across, like he wasn't even walking or whatever. And I was just like, this is kind of lit. Like, I feel like now stuff's <laughs> going down. And um, I was really curious to see how she was going to tie into, like, everything else because it was, it took them this long in the book to kind of, like, introduce them, you know? And so mm -hmm. I was like, I was getting excited. I was like, okay, you know, what's going on here? And then um, further on down the line, when Baez has that quiz for her and uh, is like, hey, which one of these rocks is red or, or what wasn't it? Mm -hmm. Something like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, which one's blue? Yeah. Oh, yeah, which, which one's blue? blue? And she says, oh, that one. And he goes, haha, both of them are red. You've passed and the And she test. just jumps him. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just like, okay, but what does this mean? Like, is there like another type of magic system that bias has been looking for and she has it? Like, I don't know what's happening here. I, I have so many questions. Pharaoh is definitely one of my new characters to watch out for. If we go into the second and third books, which I really want to, but that's my take on Pharaoh. I love her. Yeah. I, I really liked her too. Um, she, she's definitely got a, a lot of past trauma. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> definitely, definitely uh, has some uh, bad things that have happened to her. Obviously with slavery, we know how she feels about that. Um, but she's got all these people looking for her. So we know she's going to be really important. There's something special about her. She doesn't feel pain or she feels very little pain, I guess is what it said, but she has unnatural strength, speed, all that. And so it's like, why, you know, is she special? She's obviously not an eater, which we learn out. They, they've kind of got some of that stuff too. But um, what I like about her is like, even though like she's like this really damaged person and like you can tell like she doesn't really want to fuck with anybody and then like she just wants revenge, like she still shows like a lot of loyalty to the people she ends up uh, hanging out with. Like Logan, like she keeps saying, like at the end when he's, when she's carrying him, she keeps saying like, if you, if you don't, or if you stop, I'm going to give you up, but she never does. And he stops like yeah. five times. Yeah. 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 She's, she's kind of a hard character to, to pin down. Uh, like at, at times she's like the most violent and ferocious. And then sometimes she's just a softie out of nowhere. I think that's what I like about her. Cause it's unpredictable. 
Yeah. yeah. You know, you never know I mean, what she's, way the scene's going to go. She's kind of feral, literally. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> she's just acting on instinct a lot of the time. Whether that's for for better or for worse. Okay, so where did you guys land on Giselle? Because he's easily my least favorite character. And I know it's on purpose. I know, I know yeah. the author wants you yeah. to hate him, but... Uh, Every time I'm reading a chapter from his perspective, I'm just annoyed at him. I I think I think he's about to get a dose of reality. And as as part two goes on, you can see he's really starting to straighten up. Like he's drinking less, he's training, he's not worried about gambling. And I know a lot of that's got to do with Artie, which is so um, hilarious to me. I mean, yeah. <laughs> right. well, and that's what. It's they're, just all, whole, all good things that men do are motivated by women they want to impress. Well, that's what he says. He <laughs> says, Joe he's, he, he's like, why do I like this chick? He's like, oh, she doesn't like me. I've never had that before. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. so, it's it's like so, such a toxic reasoning. Yeah, it's such <laughs> he's like, like a I'm a prick wrong. thing, too. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh. Um, yeah. But uh, he's still vain as fuck. Like even throughout the whole, like finally at the end, literally the last sentence uh, is like, "Well, at least I'm still alive." And that echoes back to like what Logan was saying the whole time. And I really think that they're gonna like get close. And I, I, honestly, I think that's the whole group's motto. At least I'm still alive. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, they are a desperate band. <laughs> yeah, I I I don't know. Giselle's chapters to me were kind of like just boring. If if I'm being honest, it was just kind of like, oh, I, it's another Giselle chapter, and most of it kind of was because like a lot of the filler, I I wouldn't say filler, but it felt like there was a lot of just filler fights in the book that were the tournament, and I wasn't that invested in Giselle's like success at that current time, yeah. So it was just boring for me to read, if that makes sense. That does make sense, but I don't. I think you're really not supposed to be rooting for him, and then then when Baez cheats, you're supposed to be pissed. Right. I think that's the intention. Well, right. see, so so I took it a different way. Like the way I, I agree with MD, it it really did almost feel like filler. Like it's yes. like yeah, yeah, it's just this, this filler character. But we see Baez cheat, and obviously, and Baez includes him in the the maker uh, the trip to the. Uh, tower of the maker so like and he brings him on the trip at the end so this guy's obviously important there's some reason he wanted him to win the tournament so that he could come and like uh and that's why another reason i think he's gonna grow i think he has the potential a character we could really like i think yeah um it's just seeing how he gets there (laughs) but i know he's gonna be important there's a reason he's with the group yeah and it Baez does nothing by accident yes yeah. Okay. Well, how do you feel about the romance? Where Where you at on that? Artie reminds me of some exes, man. <laughs> <Just>. <laughs> well, we you know we grew up in Arkansas, so yeah. 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 Well, so like, uh, let me find my notes about her real quick. But she um she's really really good at leading him by by his uh uh the hand you know <laughs> yeah his hand <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> she 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 knows what to do she um she's extremely intelligent uh, uh do we think giselle's the only one she's like messing around with because all those rumors that's kept what i'm up. wondering about yeah so hmm yeah i don't i don't want to spoil anything but 
I, th- I think it's safe for me to say. I, her character enjoys the... Um, Attention. Yeah, but more like the infamy. Like, she wants people to to, to, hate, to hate her and gossip about her, but yeah. she's not... Well, that go- kind of goes into, like, she's like, no one's going to talk, or no one's talking to me, like, pay attention to me. So it's like, it's like yes. if, yeah, yeah, yeah. If, even if they're talking bad about me, at least they're still talking about me. Right, well, as somebody's acknowledging that I yeah. exist. Yeah. So, so but, I, but I don't, I don't think she's actually a really like selfish or nefarious person, right? Yeah. Well, I'm just kind of wondering, like, why, like, she says that at least Jazal won't hit her, you know? But is like that? Is yeah. that the only reason she's with, like, getting with him? Like, is... yeah, because that's kind of toxic. Yeah. Yeah. I kind well, of I mean, they're <laughs> well, it... for each other, then. Yeah, no, I true. think. I think he's just not as boring as the other guys. Even though he's a vain idiot, he's not as boring as the other dudes that she's talked to in Ajwa. And uh, he's the one that's infatuated with her. Right. Well, because even well, Giselle said, like, she's not she's not as pretty as all the other girls. Like, she doesn't... Like, but then, but then that... he finds her way prettier. Exactly. Exactly. So that's what of... makes her, you know, more attractive. That she doesn't fit, like, the beauty standards of this world or whatever. And that's what's intriguing to him about her, so... But so I really think we... there was a lot of honesty in him saying, like, the reason he liked her is because she didn't like him. Okay, yeah. but do we, do, oh, we, do, sure. we think it, do we think it's love or do we think that's lust? Because, like, Ooh. he'll talk about her all the fucking time and then how how different she – and then right at the end he'll be like, I wonder how I can fuck her. I wonder how I can get her into bed. And, like, yeah. that's always, like, the final thing he says. And so, like, I was thinking lust throughout the whole book until he sees her with the bruises and he's like, it hurt me to see her with the bruises. Yeah. That's the only thing that made me think he might actually love her. Right. Yeah. Well, I think he's he's expressing love the only way as he a knows vain, how. arrogant asshole yep. he can. You know, and and like it's shallow, but it's still to him it's love. Yeah. 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 Well, they do. So, his buddy, buddies do laugh at him when they're like, <laughs> they're like maybe he loves her. So yeah. we know like that's not his thing. That's not his mo. He's not a serial monogamist. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh. And how did you guys feel about the West and Artie scene? So, okay, okay, first off, I want to Wes has anger issues, obviously, but he always gets a headache with it. I'm wondering if there's an outside influence. Because, like, I mean, I get, like, he had, he had, he, he got beat as a child, too, and, like, that anger can always be there, but, like, it's really weird because... Especially in the first part of the book, we don't see that from him at all, even stressful situations. But then in the second part of the book, he starts getting these headaches. Yeah, more and more. And every time he has a headache is when he has an anger issue. And it's he's talking about that scene exactly. He's got the he's got the headache, and all he can think about is like he gets to his door and he's like, "Oh, Artie's here," and then immediately he's like thinking about her and Giselle naked and like it's like constantly shit that would bother him is popping in his head so I'm wondering if there's like maybe an outside influence you know that's that is a totally plausible angle that I've never considered having read all of the books it and looking back on it it's still totally plausible I just never thought about that yeah that's really interesting how did you feel about it MD uh, it, it was just one of those like kind of I, I didn't really care that much about Artie 
and so I didn't really care that much about West either. Like, <laughs> so it was just kind of one of those things. It was like, okay, this is happening. I don't. I mean, it's uncomfy to read, but I, yeah, it's whatever. I'm hoping to move on to the next thing because I honestly was way more intrigued by all of the like political intrigue that was happening throughout the entirety of this book than you know Artie's storyline or Giselle's storyline. So, yeah. but. Yeah, like Wes is kind of an a-hole for doing it, but you know, I don't know. That, that's another one of those things that, like, if you've got, a, if you didn't have the best time as a kid, like, it just rang so fucking true. Yeah, I mean, and you know, even if you did have a decent time as a kid, you know, somebody who has you know that kind of thing going on in their life. So to me, yeah. it was really powerful. But you know, I can also see why it wouldn't. His storyline wouldn't be the most endearing. Yeah. Well, I think he's gonna be. I think he's definitely going to be important because, like, so when they're at dinner, Logan is telling him all this stuff about Bethod, and we know that West. You cut, you cut out. out a little. Yeah. West is. I think he's going to be really important in the battle for the okay. North. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, now, how that unfolds, we'll have to see. But. Yeah, I'm. Oh, I'm so excited for you guys to to read about. Prince Ladislaw's adventures in the north. No, I, I hate that motherfucker so much. Yeah, he's <laughs> like, even worse than Giselle somehow. Like, so what do y'all think about the king uh, having that, like, thing where he, that, like, lapse of... Okay, obviously we, Hoff is running the government. We know that at this point. Yes. Like, the, the right. king well, is... Well, the, the close council, and the, I, then I Hoff feel like is he's his just mouthpiece. Sign, yeah, I feel like Hoff is just... Well, I feel like Hoff is almost just signing shit himself, getting drunk. Just, oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah. But, Wait. so, do you think that when he calls Ladislaw weak and Renault Strong says that the second son's more suited for the crown, that something's going to happen there? Because Ladislaw wants to go up and fight, and so I'm wondering if maybe there's going to be like some, you know, get rid of him while he's up north. We can say the Northmen did it, and then Reynolds takes over. And oh yeah, who's to say? Yep. Yeah. But yes, I yeah the the prince's adventures in the north are hysterical, if nothing else. I I really think though, like while we're still kind of like talking about Giselle and the king, that moment where you know Giselle won the tournament and he goes to like get accepted from the king or whatever and the king like is in a drunken like stupor wakes up and thinks it's his son and brings him in as a hug and you just see like (laughs) the like disgust on the queen's face and the anger like from the princess and just oh princess therese yeah yeah princess therese too and then and then but it looks like to everyone else that the king just hugged this guy and so it's just like this crazy like he even said it was the most embarrassing thing that could have happened, but no one would know because if that got found out, then like it's, Yo, it's yeah, wraps for the king, you know? Yeah. So Princess Therese is the daughter of Grand Duke Orso, which I know from the, from the other book. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you did oh, know about that. So, yeah, 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 yeah. So I, I kind of have an inkling of. of Oh, you should happen. know so many other things too. Yeah, but... well, I, I kind of have, I kind of, you know, have certain other things that I know. But okay. while uh, I'm over but... here with no connections whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> but well, um... in my in my defense, I gave Dylan the order to read the books in, and he chose to read them out of order. No, no, you told me. So you you told me that the the the. Well, they uh... were standalone novels, but well, but they're... you gave me the second set of three, and Best Served Cold was the top one. And 
<laughs> Somehow that got mixed up, and I thought that it was the very first book, and I was really confused. <laughs> well, but, okay, um, okay, so it's going to be hard. For, now we're both going to have to avoid spoilers. <laughs> well, I, I I don't remember a lot of things you're probably thinking. Like like I do remember. Well, <laughs> yeah, I, I do remember her, and you know who she. Well, yeah, <laughs> I remember her. <laughs> um. So, you, MD, you're talking about political in, intrigue. What do we think about this whole um, uh, the bank situation? Okay, so obviously the uh, arch lector or salt has control of that trade agreement now because yeah. of the, the court case and all that. So he's pulling. He's probably pulling in bank, and they the, they go after that guy. Uh, what's his name? Colt. Colt. Yeah, Magister Colt. Cult. So they go after him, and he's like, "Hey, if you really want to find like what's going on, go look at the banks and all this stuff." And then and he jumps then, out of the window, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And then Glockta asks Salt about it, and Salt's like, "Oh, leave that bank alone." Like, yeah, eh, yeah. No, there's okay. something, there's something smelly going on in there for sure. And I don't know. I I definitely want to find out like what it is, but Salt's definitely like. I feel like he made a deal with some people so that he could like have this big power maneuver. And then Baez just showed up, and it ruined everything. Ruined everything. And yeah. I think yeah. that deal that he made with the banks is going to backfire on him. Whatever whatever deal it was, I don't know what it is, but it's going to be a major backfire on him. And that's why he was, like, on Glock to, like, go find out what we can use against this Baez impersonator, which, yeah. you know, turned out to actually be Baez. But... Yeah, which he was still insistent after he had opened the house to the maker that he was fake. Yeah, just salt is so insufferable. That last Please. scene where they're talking about the twenty practicals is so funny. Yeah, yeah. it's like twenty <laughs> practicals, and said, "But <laughs> what do you mean, but?" My favorite part is when, uh, oh, who is it? Someone just repeats what he says as like a question. He goes, "Is there an echo in here? Like, what's happening?" Glockta, yeah, Glockta. Because <laughs> yeah. well, Glockta, I feel like Glockta is just so much smarter than everyone around him oh my but God, like he, he keeps he keeps it to himself and so like he's having this whole inner monologue and just agreeing <laughs> with what everyone says yeah. but then like he'll hear some things and he can't believe they came out so he'll repeat them <laughs> and it's just like <laughs> yeah it cracks me the fuck yeah. up but okay speaking of that scene though what do we think about this goyle guy uh, it's so a he's right he's a worm no that's patari Oh, okay. That's, yeah, that's no. I thought Shiloh we were about to read the book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I have thoughts um, on that, too. Goyle, Goyle is a snake. And I, look, I think the fact that he is the he was in control of a prison camp for so long and like, well, no, he's in charge of all of Angland, I think. I think it said he's in control of all of Angland, which is all the prison camps. Like, he is just a particularly filthy human being. Yeah. Yeah. Among a bunch of filthy human beings. So like I, I'm kind of like I'm thinking he's got something to do with the eaters, because as soon as he sh so they find that body in the woods that's obviously been eaten by a human like the the physician says that and he like basically covers it up and it happened as soon as he gets there and then Salt is talking about how like they uh, earlier in the book he's like yo we can't like step out of line we already we can't go after these people but Goyle sends his people after Pharaoh, who the Eaters were also after. So, like, I'm wondering, uh, is there a connection there? Yeah. The the whole dogs scene... 
Oh yeah, is, is really <laughs> weird, and like I, I still don't really. Yeah, it, it's just hard to figure out why he's so committed to it just being dogs. Bokta's comments though <laughs> crack me up. Did rabid ones jump over the walls, or was it the, <laughs> you know, the, the domesticated ones? <laughs> yeah, well, that's what that's what it seems so out of place. It made me wonder if if there was something going on, especially because it happened. You know, he as soon as he showed up is when the body was found. So yeah, it made me wonder. You know, yeah, but it also coincides with like Baez showing up and Pharaoh showing up. And yeah, that's true. Think, yeah, I, I think no, it's it's before Yolwe and Pharaoh get there. Yeah, it's before Yolwe and yeah. but Yolwe but it and was Pharaoh 20, got there later. But it was like twenty. I think he said it was like twenty foot from where Baez and them were staying. Yeah. Well, and and remember that it was on the same night that Glockta got visited in that dream. True, true. So let's talk about those dreams. Oh yeah. Let's talk about those dreams. The, the dreams are really interesting. Uh, man, I can't remember the exact. Well, let me look up the scene. Here, I I got a couple notes about it. I'll I'll talk while you. So, uh, we see first we see Logan uh, see this this chick that's using his wife's voice. He hears his wife, but I think I think obviously uh, which we'll see from uh, Glockta's dream that the whatever it is can can impersonate sound or people's voices or or whatever. But then we get to uh, Glockta's dream, and uh, it's impersonating his mom, and then Salt, and then um, it like asks him where the seed is, and it's after he finds this. this oh, that's uh, right. That's what it was doing. Yeah, asking where the seed is. Well, it's after he finds this scroll, you know, and then yeah. And then I think it like grabs him, and he feels it when he wakes up. He feels where it grabbed him, and like he talks about how his door is always locked. Like he's mentioned that multiple times, and his door was unlocked. So I'm really wondering, is this like a physical manifestation? Is this some kind of like spiritual thing that's like getting out of the spiritual area or realm, whatever they're talking about? Yeah. Uh, oh, what's the what's the name of the northern sorceress? Caldrus or? Uh... Once, uh, here I think I've got it written down somewhere. Um, it's something weird. Like, it, it does start with a C, though. Okay. Uh, my book. Let's see. Yeah, I'm out of. Uh... Had it on my podcast notes that I deleted from last time. It is see something. It's, it's yeah. I'm not sure. Parts of the C. Uh. Well, but whatever. The, the, northern, way, the northern sorceress. You thinking it's her? Well, okay. The the first time I read through, that was the first thing that jumped in my head because yeah. it it appeared as a woman, a bald. I think a bald woman. To two different people? Is that right? Yeah, well, it appeared to, uh, to Glockton and Logan, it appeared as a woman, but it used other people's voices. Right, but I thought when it... Huh, I thought it was like a bald woman, like Logan thought, but then she got closer and like he heard her voice and it, like he thought it was his wife. Yeah, it could. she could have been bald. 
but I, I get what well, you're it, saying. Like it, either it way, that be, was that was yeah. the first my first instinct was it was like, oh, this is the the northern sorceress. And then, you know, obviously the eaters get introduced and I'm like, well, what all can they do? Like, could it have yeah. been one of the eaters? Yeah. Well, that, so I feel like it's more. So the eaters is the breaking the second law. And I yeah. feel like I feel like whoever this is, is breaking the first law because it's using people's voices. It's like coming to in dreams. It looks like a ghost. Or I imagine it looks like a ghost. But mm -hmm. it says it says that uh, she she says I was there when the maker fell um i'm a part of an old war that's years in the making and uh i'm a patient woman but patient no more so it's it is a woman she, she oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. as a woman but she's she's obviously old because she was said she was there when the maker fell so is she one of the other uh other uh, one of the other 11 yeah one of the the magi yeah well we don't know if this Kalul person's a man or a woman yet I'm assuming it was a man, but I don't think it's actually used a he or she. Yeah, I don't know if it's specified. Well, I think Bias has said brother. Uh, possibly, possibly. So, but but Kalul, it says Kalul left before the eleven went after um the maker, the master, the master maker. It says he he wasn't there. So I'm wondering like why he started making eaters and started breaking the second law because that's obviously like a big deal with Juvens was like not. Don't break the first law. Don't break the second law. And like they go into him and Yolwe go into it when they're talking about the seed. And he's like, "Why are you breaking the first law? Like you know you're not supposed to do this." And he's like, "I yeah. got fire with fire." Yeah. Well, so I don't think that the like the fringe cultures that have magic. I don't think that they're like operating under Juven's teachings. You know, and Bias says like all magic is touching the other side. Yeah. So I think that they're just like a little more fast and loose with it. So maybe they can do like some more devious stuff than the the magi practicing the you know high art. So these eaters, they kind of remind me. So uh, I think it's I think it's Native American like mythology, a Wendigo. Uh, is that like the Skinwalkers? Yeah, the Skinwalkers. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That that's what an eater reminds me of, and obviously, like a Wendigo, actually, that's what how they become when they eat the flesh of humans, and they get like the speed, the strength, the uh, eternal life, or whatever. But um, we see they get they don't they don't die. They get shot. She uh, Pharaoh shoots them with arrows, uh, and it does nothing. Their blood is just dust. But then he always uh, uses fire for one and water for the other. Yeah. And so whatever works for their kind. But is it is it like fire and water? Or is it just magic in general? I don't know. I well, think here's it's... the thing. He said he turned their bones to to water. Yeah. And I was like, mm. okay, like he killed them from the inside out, which is kind yeah. of insane. Which yeah. we're st we still don't have like a, a full on definition of how powerful the magi are, like what yeah. all they can do and stuff. Well, and Yolwe didn't seem like so. Like every time Bethod uses or Baez uses ma magic, like it, it wears him down. But Yolwe didn't. It didn't seem like that for him. And he's like, he's got like this illusion magic or some kind of like he well, can remain unseen. Yeah, yeah. But he well, can also Baez, use the fire and water. Baez was saying something about how like magic's running, like it's running out, it's slipping away or something. And yeah, so, yeah, and that, it, that's and why my, he says it bothers him. But it it didn't seem like it bothered Yolwe. Yeah, that's what I'm wondering about. So. Well, I think it's just magnitudes, right? Because, like, when Baez does tiny little things, it doesn't really wear on him. 
but when he's like you know evaporating matter around him with with like white hot flames and then that like really drains him or when he's when he's moving uh giselle steals like superhuman fast like that war on him yeah but but yeah. when but when he does like tiny little things it's not like he's not you know sweating and like like when he breaks the chair a yeah yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, yeah it's just like a snap of the fingers for him so i think yolway is just doing a lot of small things yeah. Except for the eaters when he kills the eaters, but it doesn't say that he's winded then either. So you're you're yeah. right. It's like maybe he doesn't have a cost or as much of a cost. May well, Beth ought, or Baez was also the first, so maybe it's hitting him first. So. Yeah, or you know, I mean, he could just be a lot older. Yeah, and yeah. So it's just wearing on him quicklier, quicklier. Wow, that's a word. <laughs> That's a word. Uh, okay, so where where did you guys land on Glockta's arc? Like where it wrapped up, him heading to Degasco. I loved it. I loved it. Glockta's my favorite character in the book. He deserves <laughs> an award. Like genuinely, I think you could like associate a lot of characters and most characters in this book with like tropes, and I really did not pin Glockta down. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, he's kind of yeah. like the snaky guy, but. I mean, I just love his, like, quick-wittedness, even though he never said it. Like, you always saw what he said to other people, and then you always saw what he wanted to say. And I just, I loved that. And I just feel like uh, his this whole, like, arc of him, especially, like, the arc of him trying to um, find out if Baez is Baez, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. um, in the first part of the book, you really get to see Glock to, like, get what he wants out of people by like torture essentially and in the second part of the book he can't do that to Baez, so he's having to like figure out other ways to investigate and i just like to i like to see that arc of him like oh i can't just beat it out of them let me try and figure it out this way and he's always saying i still don't believe him i still don't believe him i still don't believe him and then like when he finally went in the tower he's still in unbelief he's like there's no way there there has to be you know something that's happening with this like <laughs> until the stairs until the stairs and then he the accepts stairs. that there is magic it took yeah. the stairs the real enemy of well, the book. he says he says something like uh who else could this be but the first of the major yeah. at one point so yeah, you he, see like he starts to accept it yeah and i think the fencing contest also had a lot to do with that because he's like i know fencing and this yeah. is not possible. Like, yeah. This this Gorst should have destroyed yeah. him. Well, yeah. what I liked about that too is though, like you can tell, Glock is obviously the better fencer because he says that, and then Giselle's meanwhile is like, "I'm the best in the world." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, he just fully yeah. accepts that he got ten times better. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, that's that's the crazy thing about how shitty everyone is to Glock. Does like he was the best swordsman in the world. And then he's he was a prisoner of war, and now he's like, st- like shunned. Well, he yeah. can't offer anybody anything. Like yeah. that's and that's what I I really enjoyed the scene where West comes to him, is like, "Hey, man, I tried to see you," and Glock is like, "Oh wow, there's no big yeah. conspiracy." Like the the his his heart grew two sizes that day. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. it's just it's so yeah. good, dude. So I also loved. Um, like at the end of the book, whenever like he's sent on as the governor and he's like, yeah, this person's going to come with you or whatever. He's like, oh, dang, or whatever. I don't know. He walks out there and it's that chick 
and she's in pain too and she's like i need you to help me like get up or whatever like me not knowing anything about this chick whatsoever on all i see is glock to go ah someone knows my pain i'm gonna help and i was just like i want them to fall in love well, but then, then he's really happy that she's, that she's in, pain in more. I know, but yeah. that's hobbling after that, him. I know, but it's just like that's what Glockta deserves. He deserves to be happy, and she makes so, him happy because she's so, in pain. And if that's bad, that's bad. But Glockta's my favorite character, and I just want him to be happy. Well, what do y'all think about Glockta and Artie? Do we see maybe uh, they got along really good? You know. Uh, maybe maybe uh, we're going to see an Artie relationship, or maybe we're going to have a uh, practical Artie. What do y'all think about practical know. Artie? I don't know, because Glockta did say something earlier on in the book where I think he was talking to Giselle or something about women, and he goes, yeah, I'm glad I'm over them too, or something like that. Like, he was just done well, with it. He he's also mentioned a couple times that he does not have the... Um apparatus anymore ah yeah like that yeah. that happened to him in the prison cell so he can't have a sexual relationship he could have a romantic right. relationship with her but yeah i think practical already would be pretty cool yeah yeah, yeah i you mean think, she's you... she's definitely a badass i don't i don't know if she can handle herself in a fight but well, you can learn that she uh i assume and she's gonna yeah. have a pretty good coach soon well I, i'm <laughs> assuming she's gonna go or go south with him i'm assuming she's gonna go to uh, Degasco with him. You think Artie is going to go to Degasco with him? Yeah, I mean, I'm assuming so. He 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 told West he was going to take care of her. They seem to really hit it off, and that's where he's going. Like, why would they put in that? Hey, take care of my sister, and they have this meeting, and then he's like, "Oh, I'm leaving," and like doesn't take care of her. <laughs> I think it's just supposed to be ironic. Yeah. Fair enough. But yeah, that's my take on Glock, though. That's your take on Glockta. Oh, okay. Do you my, have anything else about Glockta, Dylan? One of my favorite comments was when he's 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 meeting all of Logan and them for the first time, and he meets Kwai, and he's like, "If he's a wizard apprentice, I'm the Emperor of Gurkle." And then Kwai <laughs> Kwai keeps talking, and in his Needle. head he's like, "Before the mighty Emperor of Gurkle," and I was laughing my ass off. Bro. Oh, it's so funny. I really think Glockta is kind of a self-insert for Joe Abercrombie because he gets all of the good lines. Yeah, and he's he just does. like this beloved character, and and like I, you know, maybe he's like exercising some I don't, I don't know, like some darker part of himself through Glockta, but Glockta gets all the good lines. Well, he's oh, he's yeah. almost like he's almost like outside the book with his with his comments in his head like it's like yeah. glocked as a character and there's almost like a narrator that's like like just saying what glocked is saying yeah okay well let's let's come to the the part of the podcast where we uh, uh, scream and shout and dissolve friendships because oh, Logan Logan is my favorite character oh, besides no. besides glocked in different okay. ways okay in different yeah, ways. yeah yeah glocked Glockta still has the throne in most ways, but Logan is my favorite character to just sit with for a chapter here and there, and he's the character I, like, not understand, because, like, I'm not a fucking psychopath, but, like, it, hmm. I, I don't know, I just, it, there's something that's, like, male wish fulfillment about Logan, just going berserk and handling his problems in the worst possible way. <laughs> like, uh, and then See, it's just—it's just so chilling when he goes from nine fingers <laughs> to the bloody nine. And like, I have a lot of bias here because 
because I've read the the next two books, um, and you only really get the one moment of it in this book, and it's really like brief and not as terrifying. I'll say. See, I really like Logan for a different reason. Okay, like, go for it. They show up to the city or whatever, or they Ardua, I guess that's Adua. Yeah, Adua. He's blown away by everything. He's amazed at all these. Like you can definitely tell, he's like yeah. from the boonies. He's amazed all these different people even exist. Like he says, hundreds of thousands of people. That's crazy. I'm used to like thirty people, and then like he, even though everyone's being a dick to him, he treats everyone like really nicely, and like he's really soft spoken and like. Yeah, yeah, it's it's his like insanely like stark duality that I really yeah. like about him. Where he's like this kind, patient, wise, um, kind of like grizzled old veteran, and then if if he gets to a, a breaking point, that's when the murderous psychopath comes out. So but the rest of the time, he's like this peaceful, like kind person. Yeah, really smart, like, really intelligent. I think there was even there was even a moment where like Glockta was like following him around or whatever and he was like report back to me and they said he just went and stood and like stared at a fountain for like a like a couple hours and glock is like what's the meaning and it's really just logan like wow there's water like yeah yeah he's, he's trying to figure out the pipes it's like it's almost like an were. innocence but that innocence can turn into just this murderous like being you know it's just or like the, brutally violent, but, yeah. but the I think I, I, the "I'm still alive, I'm still alive" is so good to me because because of the bloody nine. Yeah, like he doesn't know how or why he survived anything in his entire life. Like he's just like, I don't know. I just lived. I guess I got lucky. So are we thinking like multiple personality disorder? Oh no, I, I, I think no. it's more magical than that personally. But I mean. I don't I don't want to like I don't want to like broadly say like X, Y or Z will never happen because I don't I don't want to ruin anything for anyone. But whatever is happening is not of Logan's volition. Right. At least Logan's. He could have multiple personalities. It could just literally be a separate part of him. But yeah. I, I personally, my my fan theory is that it's like a little more magical than that. Yeah, I think he's he's going to be really important too. You cut out. Yeah, you cut out. He's important to what now? Um, and he, I, I almost got like the the vibe. I, I really think he's going to be important. Like, I almost got the vibe that like that what happens in the end is going to rest on him because like when they're talking to the guy that gives them their clothes, uh, and he asks how the story ends, uh. Baez is like that remains to be seen and then looks at Logan and then when they're talking about the seed he's like oh Logan can talk to spirits so like I really think he's going to have a huge swing yeah yeah well Baez definitely needs every one of them to get the right. seed to get what he wants like he, he has to have someone who can talk to the spirits and he has to have Pharaoh and he has to have Giselle but what does he need Giselle for that's my question well, that's the big question, isn't it? That's because it's like, if you really wanted the best swordsman, you would have just let the fight go out by itself and taken. The yeah, he winner. he would have taken Brimmer Dan Gorse exactly. Yeah, ten out of ten times. But no, you cheated, so Giselle would win. Why? Why indeed? What do we think this seed is? I think 
Lockta should have an interrogation session with Baez and figure out why. It's my personal opinion. I would love to read that chapter. Yeah, but I mean, what? How do you get Baez <laughs> locked into a chair? True. I'm just saying that's my dream chapter. It's never gonna happen. That's your dream but... <laughs> chapter. <laughs> what? What was your question, Dylan? I said, what do we? What do we think the seed is? I have no idea. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna Genuine. let you guys speculate. Genuine, no idea. The only thing that I can think of is the like the seed of of magic and maybe if they can get that back they can keep the magic from leaving oh. but that is the only thing that like is popping in my head like i can't think of anything else although it that mentions would, that would make sense though because then it's like why now is it that Baez is showing up to take a seat back on the council because he yeah. needs to be in places or whatever to do this so he can bring back magic because he's losing it that would make sense right well, well that answers he, why now well he mentions that it's their heart that uh, Kalul's making more eaters, but they're having a hard time making more uh, wizards or magician magi. Mm-hmm. And so Magus's. it's Magus's. So it's like there's a reason for. Th- and then he says the magic that that's come up multiple times. The magic is leaving, but it's like it's like this seed is obviously something that is otherworldly because it mentions that all four of the brothers, uh, which I think we only had two of their names. The Master yeah. Maker and uh, Juvens. Can- Canadius, Juvens, and Glustrod are the three Strahd. that are mentioned. Yeah, but it destroyed all of them, each. Like, each one's downfall was called the... Yeah. Yeah, and then it also... It, it, he specifically ties it into his plans to deal with Kalul. Uh, yeah. When he's talking to Yulwe. He says he has to use it, and he has to break the first, the first law, law because of yeah. Kalul. Yeah. So it's got something to do with that. And then, like, so it, it, they need Pharaoh to hold it. I'm assuming they need, I'm assuming they need uh, Logan to get it because it's got something to do with the spirits or maybe, like, make it work. And then once Logan makes it work or gets it through the spirit world, uh, Pharaoh's got to hold it. And now I don't know what Giselle's got to do, obviously. But um, I'm thinking that, so it mentions that the master maker threw his own daughter off the top of the tower and that uh and then yolwe t- tells him when he's like hey will you look after pharaoh he's like i hope you look after her better than you did the master maker's daughter i'm wondering if the master maker's daughter was the original holder of the seed or not maybe not the original but like the holder of the seed for the master maker like pharaoh's gonna be oh yeah that's an interesting theory yeah and and then it, it also mentions that the that she's how like somehow how Baez got into the tower, and he's pissed about it. like every time she gets brought up, he's pissed. I'm assuming there's a there's a love interest there, and like something bad happened, but like he does not like when people bring that up. Yeah, no, that is a sore spot for him. Okay, well, so what questions? What's what's the biggest question that you want book two to answer? What's at the end of the world? <laughs> okay, that's a good one. Um, uh, I I don't know. I really want to know. I'd like I I'd like to know who what everyone's part is and like why they matter, and like what Kalul's purpose is because it doesn't really mention that. It just mentions he's making eaters. So I want to know Kalul's purpose and why Bias has to stop him. 
Okay. Yeah, that's I, yeah. I think that's probably the the biggest question of the of the trilogy. That's a good one. And do you have any harebrained theories? Well, I mean, we've gone over quite yeah, a few. We, 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 we definitely have, have gone, gone over a lot. A lot okay, okay, all right. Well, so I, let, let's just restate a little bit. What do you what do you think your most like left field crazy theory is? Oh, I can't even remember. Um, Gosh. maybe that Artie goes down with Glockta, and like maybe a rekindled relationship happens with them and then Giselle shows up later and now there's going to be this whole triangle of love. I feel like that's a plausible theory. It's not like very out of See, I field. would maybe no, I, I, I like that. Maybe I'm just like a a pessimist, but like I would like to see Artie become like a practical and then just you they'll like hey, yeah. uh I would like to see her become a practical and then like use her like like or Glock to use her to figure out what's going on, which is with all them, and Giselle tell her, and then she runs back and tells Glock to, like, oh, I, yeah, I, yeah I'd, use I'd her like as a pawn. That. Yeah, use her as a pawn. Okay, all right. So let's do let's do our ratings, and we're gonna do we're gonna do well, three. One second, one second. Oh, okay. I, I, I got a couple more notes. Um, okay. First off, MD, what were you gonna say about Vitari? Because you said you had something to say about her. She was the the, the redhead at the end. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We we didn't even get into the arguments. So what what's what were your issues with the the Logan versus the Practicals scene? Logan and Pharaoh versus the Practicals. Oh yeah. So I just genuinely think it was action burnout for me at that point, because like I genuinely for me on this book, I felt more enamored by the political intrigue than I did by the action scenes. So like I felt like Giselle training and fighting were kind of boring. And, like, every time there was kind of, like, a fight scene, I didn't really see the reason for why it had to happen. Like, I would, I much more preferred, like, finding out about the Mercers and wanting to know what's going on with the banks and all of these different relationships that, you know, Glock does faking and things like that. And so, whenever we kind of get to this, like, scene where Logan just kind of, like, breaks out and goes, like, Rage Berserk for, you know, 20 pages, yeah, it's cool, but I just wasn't super invested into it. Okay. Well, okay. So what, what about the violence in the North? Cause I feel like the Northman's like oh, side like story. Scene? Yeah. Like where, uh, who was it that goes in and gets Forley, beheaded? Forley, the weakest. Forley, for, yeah. yeah Forley goes yeah, in. The weakest goes in, he gets beheaded and they come out like that was still cool and all, but I felt like that was cool because it was like a legitimate standoff. Like we need to go in there to warn them about, you know, what's the Shanka? Like yeah, the Shanka. Yeah. genuinely like, and I thought that was cool because also at the end of that, there was a clear, like, where are you headed? We're going south to fight against yeah, to him. Fight like, there yeah. was a clear, like, reason for that fight. You know what I'm saying? And, like, this was just almost like, oh, Farrah ran away. We got to go save Farrah. Oh, Farrah is yeah. being surrounded by practicals. Here we go. You know what I'm saying? Like, it didn't really feel like it had to happen. It but was I feel like, like the Logan reason why it happened. Yeah, yeah. It felt like it happened. Because Joe Abercrombie wanted to have this epic scene of Logan, it didn't feel like super like natural. That that's just my kind of yeah, complaint it is, on it. I'll that give like... you that. It is a little plot devicey, uh, but yeah, I don't. It, it, to me, like the, most of the, almost all of the violence is either in the deep south where Pharaoh is trying to escape, or in the north where they're at war. 
and the the Northmen are just so blunt and straightforward about everything, where it's just like, well, they killed kids, so of course they have to die. Right. Uh, or they killed Forley, so they have to die. Well, like, there's not any, There's it's not personal. Like, when they kill the kid, that scene is so depressing, but yeah. you're also just like, well, I mean, they have a point. Like, I feel like it is personal. I feel, I feel like they feel like a family, and like, even though, like, they're the Northmen and they're rough... Like they have a, a code of honors, and I feel yeah. like yeah, when it's they a code of honor kid, thing. It's like a chivalry they, thing. They killed they they broke their code of honor, and when they kill Forley, they killed a member of their family. Like I, right, I, I, yeah, yeah. Well, it definitely gets personal, especially with the dog man killing uh, bad enough. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. That that was definitely personal, but yeah, I don't I don't know that I most of the. I mean, I could be could yeah. be wrong, but thinking back on it, it seems to me like most of the yeah. violence is in those two parts. And right. like, I love and, the Northmen. Oh, yeah. And I'm not saying like I don't like the action scenes. I just feel like the way that they're written in this book didn't intrigue me as much as so, the other elements of the book. Maybe maybe Logan's in general, because it feels like they're kind of for, like it feels like he's just stumbling into fights all the time. And, and like, yeah. that's probably like how it's supposed to be. But it's like. Like, like, okay, so, like, when they try to lose, the, or, uh, when he's walking through, uh, by the whores and everything, and, uh, uh, the navigator pulls out the money, and the, he tries to get robbed, it's like, he had nothing to do with that, like, like, like everyone yeah. else is getting him into trouble. Well, he's, well like, he's convinced that he's just unlucky with fights. Yeah. But, I mean... I don't know. When I, I feel like when you're on guard for a fight, you end up in a fight more often than not. And like that's kind of, I feel I feel like that's like kind of one of the morals of Logan's story. Like if you're if you're looking for somebody to stab you in the back, you're gonna find them, kind of yeah. thing. I wonder how the dogmen and them are gonna react when they figure out Logan's alive. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's. That's one of the the things that was like killing me my first time through is like, but they don't know. <laughs> they keep saying back to the mud with with the bloody nine or whatever, and I'm just like, no, nah, he's roaming around, dog. Yeah, <laughs> he's he's out there somewhere. What do we think is gonna go in the box? Uh, I mean, I think they they have to have it to move the seed. So you think the seed goes in the box? Well, I mean, you know, obviously, but. Yeah, but I mean, I, feel, I, I just feel like that's... Know. I'm yeah. pretty sure... But anyways. <laughs> I, see, I, that makes me change like what I was thinking because I didn't see the seed as kind of like a, a, like a physical thing. Like I felt like it was more like a... Well, uh, no, I mean, Baez does say that it's like of the other side. Like it, there, It's like metaphysical yeah. for sure. But then, okay. what a, what about Vitari? We didn't he, we didn't talk about her. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. you had a you had a point about Vitari. Um, that that's the chick with Glockta, right at the end. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was just saying, I, I already brought that up. Like whenever oh, uh, you wanted I, the romance, the I wanted the romance <laughs> because I want Glockta to be happy, and it's yeah. I, I guess I might just be sick because of that, but <laughs> uh, I think she's tough. Oh yeah, for one sure. Of the yeah, she's crazy tough. I mean, she and goes then, head to head with Logan and like has him on a back foot. Yeah, with and her then, like chain whip thing. Yeah, and then uh, she's. I guess she's gonna be a spy for Salt though. Yeah, which that'll be interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Okay, so do you, are you guys ready to move on to your ratings? Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yep. Hey, no, no, we've got three categories. We've got plot, character, and setting. <laughs> We're gonna do any 
decimal point out of 10 that, that we'd like to do. And I, I'd like to add a fourth one, and that's Okay. how likely are you to continue? Okay. Yeah, I'm down. Uh, but okay, let's start with plot. Dylan, you want to go first? Okay, plot. If hmm. plot's a hard one because, like we were talking about with the first part, like it was kind of all over the place. And so, Yeah. like, if I was just gonna go off the first part, like it would be not good. But <laughs> but but we get to the second part, stuff's coming together. Um, I still feel like it's a little slow all over. Well, no, not slow, but kind of all over the place because, like, yeah, there's going to be fighting in the north, but there's also going to be fighting in the south. And then it, it brought up, like, this person called the Tanner that's starting a revolution inside the place. So there's fighting everywhere, but at least we have a clear goal now of our, like, we're going to the uh, end of the world, um, we're going to go get the seed, and we're going to get to Kalul. And so, like, I feel like with the second part added in, I would probably put it, like, a 7-5 on plot. Like a seven Seven point five. five, okay. Nice. Um, for me, um, and I'll, I'll kind of have to defend myself here, but I think like judging it off of this book, not where it could go or things like that, judging it off of this book, I feel like the plot was kind of like everywhere and yeah, a little bit of stuff was brought together at the end, but it was still like more set up. So I didn't feel a lot of like, um, what's the word closure. I did not feel Closure, a lot of closure. yeah. And so that's why I'm going to rate the plot slightly lower than normal because I didn't feel like the what this book was about was clearly defined that well. And so I'm going to give it a 5.2. Okay. Okay. All right. So I, I'm not going to attack you for that because I'm right there with you. Now I will say the, if, if you're rereading, if you're looking for rereadability, the plot is like 10 out of 10. There's so many breadcrumbs. And I, Yeah. by the way, I'm, you guys are really observant because <laughs> you caught some breadcrumbs that I didn't catch the first time through for sure. Um, but, I, but to be fair, I listened to it twice and read it once. So Jeez, yeah. my man's out here on the grind. Yep. But so I'm, oh man, I'm going to say six. I'll split the difference. Six in the, in the second half of the story saves it. Um, Yeah. if, if Yeah, I I'd had, agree. to, if I was, if I was reading this through raw never having seen anything about it before, I'd say probably four and a half, but the rereadability and just how crazy good the second half is to me bumps it up to, to closer to a six. Yeah. That almost makes me want to bring mine down a little bit. <laughs> now, the, the first half is is painfully <laughs> slow and the, the second half is not that much well, faster. I was just saying, Yeah. my rating is my rating is basically just the second. Like I didn't even, I don't feel like I even included the. If I include the first half, like it brings it so much lower. <laughs> Yeah. like I just don't even want to include that Yeah. in the plot. But okay, well, let's get to the 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 next saving one. grace of these books. What do you think about the Yeah. characters? Dylan, you want to go first again? Um, the characters are fantastic. Uh, I know we have our problem with Jazal, and I'm hoping he gets saved in the in the coming books. Um, that would probably be my only complaint as far as characters, because every everyone's got their own unique characteristic, and like they're all like really thought out, and even Jazal is, even Jazal is, but it's like. There's only so many chapters where I want to see somebody being just a vain asshole, you know? Yeah. Like, 
it's just like it's like I get that's his character, but like there was no. I feel like there was like, like there was development, but it was over the whole book, and it was very little. And so like Jazal kind of brings the characters down for me a little, but I'm still gonna give it like an eight five nine on characters. Okay. Okay. Um, for me, uh, I. So I think I kind of talked about this earlier. Like a lot of the characters felt like very tropey to me, except for Glockta. And so that's going to kind of bring down my rating a little bit more. But I do really like the depthness. The depthness? Is that that a word? The depth <laughs> of the characters that there were. So I'm going to give characters like a 6.7. Re- well, okay. All right. We might have arguments about this one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Okay, for me, the characters are like nine point two. Like I, because here's the thing: I hate Giselle, and I absolutely believe that Joe Abercrombie wanted me to hate to Giselle. hate Giselle. Yeah, yeah, and I and I don't think that anything that Giselle does is something that a, a person with that character would like he, he's never doing anything that isn't authentic to the character that is that established. Is out, yeah i agree with that 100 percent. i just think I it maybe it was like it. it was the amount like yes yeah like, yeah yeah, yeah. I, like, I can totally get with you there i mean yeah but i again i think that that is intentional and that, that might be just wishful thinking right, right? like i'm like aspiring or, or you know like he's, ascribing he's something right yeah, well, ascribing something to to his genius that he was just like, no, here's a character. But I think I think the chapter is supposed to feel melodramatic because yeah. Giselle is melodramatic. I, I just, just feel like I, a lot of his chapters could have been completely taken out of the book. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I I, I guess why I kind of went solo too is because there was a lot of times where like I'd get to a new chapter and it'd be someone's new POV, and I'd just kind of be like, I gotta get through this. And so like. <laughs> uh that 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 kind of contributes to like if my characters are gonna be like a nine or a ten there's not a single one in there that i'm like that i'm you know struggling to read through you know even if i don't like them necessarily i'm enjoying reading them and there were definitely times where i wasn't enjoying reading certain characters chapters Right. Well, I I will say that I think uh, I think Joe Abercrombie is expecting the reader to trust him to give them oh, a payoff sure. oh, on the sure. characters. Yeah. Um. So like, if you if you haven't gotten the payoff, then you're in like limbo. Like, I don't know if I'm ever gonna like this character or like what the character did for the plot. Yeah. So I do I do think he, in the first book he's asking you to trust him a lot. Oh, for sure. Uh, between the plot and like Giselle specifically, Giselle. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so where are we at on the world? What's what's your rating for the setting, Dylan? Um, I really like Ardua. Um, Ardua, <laughs> Ardua, <Adua>, whatever. <laughs> you know what I fucking mean. Um, I, I like I like that. Um. I can just imagine like this huge tower and like this like big city dell around it, and um, it reminds me of uh, I don't know. I get like Final Fantasy vibes from it. Oh yeah. Uh, um, now as far as everywhere else, we haven't. I mean, it's just okay. Like the North is North. Like I, I'm I'm imagining like you know Game of Thrones, the North, wasteland and barbarians, and are not necessarily barbarians, but you know like big tough. Uh, Vikings, and then in the south is like I'm imagining, you know, like um, 
uh, 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 a like, desert. Yeah, yeah, like Arabian Nights, like, um, and and so like, I'm hoping that the setting, like, I'm hoping like the old world or wherever they're going to the uh, west. I think it's to the west in that map you sent us. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping yeah, the it. Old ad- I'm hoping it adds a little more uh, depth to the setting. Um, I, I'm probably going to go... Uh, it's probably going to be my lowest rating. I'm probably going to go like a 5. 5-5. Five, five. Yeah. I'm going to go the opposite. So, like, I really liked, uh, like, the setting of the world. Like, any time, like, there's, like, pros describing, like, the scenery or the world around it, like, the physical setting of the world... I just thought was great like the tower of the maker and like I I just always felt like I could see everything you know what I'm saying and mm-hmm. um and so th- that kind of goes like with the physical setting with like the spiritual magical setting kind of I was I'm also like very intrigued at like all of the powers and things like that and I think those are also well written and so like I would put the setting up like the setting of the world as we know it that is explored in this book alone like yeah there's obviously more but what was explored in this book i would give like a nine okay really? I, that's that's interesting uh, so yeah, I think, I, i'm kind of surprised by that too where i land on this if i if i detach myself from the rest of the world i think book one setting is like a five yeah. Uh, well, it, well, there are parts of it that I really like. Like the Agriant, you can like really feel how opulent yeah. and like grand everything is. Yeah. Uh with the Great Northern Library, um you you know, when it's talking about um the walls of Dagaska crumbling and the massive city and all that like Yeah, I don't know, there are some parts that I really like, but yeah. by and large the setting is like you know, set it and forget it. Like he largely doesn't interact with the setting in book one. Yeah, yeah I agree. With e- that. Except to say, people traveled from point A to point B, and like here's a pretty description of it. But like, then we're going to get back to these characters. Yeah. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, for me, like, like he describes uh, Adua. Did I say it right that time? Yes. <laughs> yes <he did. laughs> really, really, he he describes it really well. And like I said, it it really gives me like cool, like old, like Final Fantasy vibes. I can see the tower the maker like it's really statues on the king's way yeah yeah but at the end of the day like it's still just kind of like a city and like when i think like fantasy like i'm just imagining like like uh i don't even know like uh like white spires and yeah i'm just imagining like this these grand fucking uh places and then like you've got like so like in the north it would be like ice freaking castles and stuff like that or like and then like if you've got like a lush place you got like a fairy uh something more fantastical yeah something more fantastical and so i feel like especially like the the way it describes the north and uh uh the south gurkle gurkle the way it describes it just reminds me like a little too real worldly i guess yeah yeah it is is really grounded except for that that is the one thing i really like about the plot except for the like little things that are not like not realistic 
Yeah. Like, he does such a good job of, like, peppering them in and making them, like, mystical. Uh, or like, just mysterious, I guess. Like, the the house of the maker looming over the whole city and being, like, this skyscraper in this medieval, you know... Yeah, that nobody can get into. That was probably my favorite part of the setting, was it's this huge tower that nobody can get into, and it's just, like, looking over everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I do... It's not that I don't like the world, it's just not... Fleshed out enough yet? It's not. It's yeah. not. Special. It's not. It's not opened up, and you don't see all of the interplay yet. So I think yeah. in book book one setting for me five. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, and then what was the last one we were doing? You're wanting to. Uh, how likely are you yeah. to continue? Um, nine out of ten. Okay. If you would have asked me that. 10 chapters before the end of the book, I would have said like two out of 10. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I agree with that. So like, but it was genuine, like the last 10 chapters of the book set up for the series so much that it's just like, okay, well I obviously have to go on now. I'm going to do. So I definitely want to read the next book. Well, the next two books, um, it's not on a priority list for me. Okay, uh, yeah. I, I feel like there's way other books that I've I've been into that I would love to read the next ones on, especially when you know we're about to start another book and then we're gonna have my book for that the month after that. And I, I feel like there's other books that I right. was well, I'm a lot I, I wouldn't, more interested in. I wouldn't say this is like on your priority list. I would say like how likely Just are you general? to keep reading? Yeah. Oh well, I mean, well then if we're gonna go by that, like I mean, 100, percent I'm gonna read the next books. It's just. That's kind of why I was added of pri- when, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of why I added priority because it's like right. How well, much priority? Maybe the would question kind of lower yeah. for me too, but well, how much? I I think the question should be is like how much do you want to read the next book or something like that? Like because like okay, I'm a reader, so like I'm gonna I'm gonna read the next books. So like right. I want to figure out what happened, but like as far as like when, yeah, we'll see. I mean, I own them. I have already got yeah. them bought. But... I also have them bought. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm, I'll, I'll say if we're going off like what I just said, I'll say six and a half, seven. Okay. Yeah, fair enough. I it, for me, it was it was a ten out of ten the first time, but just if only because of Glockta and Logan, and it's a ten out of ten this time too. Like even if we don't yeah. continue to read this series as as a trio, I'm gonna reread it anyway. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but like I said, you know, the, in book one, you really do have to trust Joe Abercrombie. So, I, I mean, I totally get why it would be a little bit lower. Yeah. I could easily see how book two, just off where we're at right now, book two could be so much better. Glockta's going to like a war zone. They're on a ship going to the Like, I could see easily how book two could be amazing. Yeah, how the world the world and the plot could just explode. Open. Explode, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, guys, we did it. First book. book one. The first Damn. book, we did it. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, we've gotten a ton of like positive feedback from everyone, and we really appreciate it. Uh, if you haven't already, share, like, subscribe, follow the podcast on your preferred platform. Um, we have our YouTube comments. As always, keep them spoiler-free, but obviously this we've you know read to the end of this book, so... Spoiler free for the next books because I know Whitson's kind of like talked about us possibly going on to read them. So, um, but yeah, yeah that's just a place for discussion. One. Yeah, just book one for discussion and things like that. Um, also, don't forget 
to uh, leave a comment of a fantasy question that we might be able to answer next week um, or next week, next time we uh, open up the podcast. It's it's hard to say like next week, you know, because we do it like tri-monthly. So um, yeah, we're going to back to back them. <laughs> yeah. We'll be reading um, uh, Warbreaker tomorrow, probably. Which yes. I'm, lo- yeah, I'm looking so forward to. Like, am, it's gonna be I hard for me to, to stop at chapter one. <laughs> I'm so excited for Warbreaker. So we we are gonna be reading the prologue in chapter one of Warbreaker for episode four of the podcast. So if you want to read along with us, uh, we're really not going far. It's two two little chapters if you count the prologue as a chapter. So. And that'll be on the first, right? Yeah, that that will be released on the first, and then episode five will be released on the fifteenth. So, um, but yeah, we did it, guys. First book. Um, yeah, thanks everybody. Appreciate yeah, you tuning in. Thanks for uh, listening us just uh, talk about books. Yeah, <laughs> that's uh, that's pretty much what we just do. We just talk to each other. Yeah. So join us uh, next episode as we uh, as we crack open Warbreaker. We'll see y'all. <laughs>